0: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Greg. Look for my book, The Agile Brand, on Amazon or on my website at theagile.world. Welcome back to The Agile World. This is Greg Kilstrom. I've been talking about the five things that I I talk about in my book, about what sets an Agile brand apart. Uh, Last episode, I talked about having an open dialogue with customers, and that's everything from... Uh, receiving complaints online, you know, uh, particularly on social media in a very public forum, and, and what do you do with it? And and you know how how great brands are able to respond and sometimes diffuse a, a, a situation or create an opportunity out of out of a customer asking for something. Today, I'm going to talk about uh, telling genuine stories, and I think that's that's such a storytelling is such an important part of of a great brand, but the risk you run is if if your story isn't true, if it doesn't feel right to the audience, it actually runs a risk of of a negative impact. So, I use an example in my in my book, The Agile Brand, of Oldsmobile. So, um, again, I, I use a lot of car examples for for one reason or another. But um, so, Oldsmobile, the the brand doesn't exist anymore. But um, you know, back in the '90s, uh, they were. Uh, they were kind of trying to find their place in the world. So they 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 were one of many brands at at General Motors, kind of in between Pontiac and and Buick and Cadillac. Didn't really have a place, um, and yet they had a loyal following. Um, they had people that they just bought Oldsmobiles since whenever uh, honestly i don't know the date but since whenever Oldsmobiles existed uh they uh you know they they were buying them loyal loyal fans let's say of, of the brand and it was never a sexy brand it was never super cool super hip but uh there were people that can you know consistently bought them but Oldsmobile wanted to appeal to a younger demographic. I, I, I used this example with with Scion and Toyota in, in the last episode, but um, or a similar example. But uh, so all of a sudden, Oldsmobile they wanted to brand, rebrand themselves as not your father's Oldsmobile. So they had a few new models out, and, and they looked a little different. But really, at the end of the day, they were Oldsmobiles so they did this campaign i uh, featured a number of celebrities uh, ringo starr william shatner um, featured them alongside their daughters and so the the whole premise of the campaign was um you know again not your father's old it's it's as appealing to the the daughter of the the famous um actor or musician as it is to uh to their daughter so um Sure enough, it didn't really succeed so well. So, you know, I, I don't think they really sold any more cars to, to that younger demographic. And even worse, they alienated their, their core audience, these older people um, that were buying these Oldsmobiles and, and perfectly happy with them. Uh, they weren't really complaining about the cars in the first place. They weren't looking for, again, a young, sexy car. They just they wanted an Oldsmobile because they knew what it, what it delivered. Uh, There's a there's a quote from a a guy, Zach Estrada, that that says it well. He says, even for a 90s ad for a Cutlass Supreme, it's hopelessly corny. The long term damage was said to be uh, with the fact that it alienated existing Oldsmobile buyers. Worst of all, it screamed that Olds was desperate to be cool again. And we saw how that turned out. So you know, sure enough, it's they—they it, they were telling a story. They were trying to tell a new story that uh, this this car was trying to appeal to a, a new generation, but it it fell flat with their existing audience. It fell flat with their their new audience. I think more recently, there's been a, a few other examples of this. I, I think a few years ago, Starbucks did a, a campaign called "Race Together," where the the baristas uh, wrote uh, a question about race on on uh, the their coffee cups and you know it, it's one of those things that it just didn't feel right and and sure enough within a week the the campaign was was pulled it was it was an attempt at starbucks trying to enter a dialogue about race in in, in the u.s and sure you know while admirable it didn't feel right and you know one of the reasons why it doesn't feel right is that's not the kind of conversation that you generally have with your barista. You know, I, I go to Starbucks quite often. I, I I drink a lot of coffee, and I might even get to get to know a, a someone a barista at at a Starbucks if I go there, you know, often and at the same time or something like that. But I am never going to engage in a politically or socially charged discussion with them while I'm ordering my grande dark roast. So I think you know that's one of those things where again, they were Starbucks was trying to make a play on values and and all of that. It wasn't even um, something that is against their values. I think they've demonstrated since then that they're committed to um, to to um, you know being more equitable when it comes to race and and, and things like that. But it's just it fell flat because it just wasn't genuine and it wasn't um, it, it wasn't a genuine conversation that you would have. So I think the, you know, for, for brands to really, um, tell a good story, you really have to think about what is, what are your core values? What is, what do people want to hear from you on? And, you know, what, what can you weigh on meaningfully? Um, I think Nike did a much better job of that with, with the Colin Kaepernick, uh, advertising and... While that was um, certainly charged, and um, there was there was some some negative backlash um, from some people with that, I think it was a lot more in line with their with their core values. I mean, you know, their their tagline "Just Do It" that they've been using for years and years. I think um, that that stance that they took certainly it was a calculated stance. It, they you know they I'm sure they ran the numbers and made sure that they weren't going to lose their their entire customer base before they did that. But I think having, taking that stance was a lot more in line with their values. And sure enough, the statistics, the statistics I've heard, um, you know, their sales went up. Um, they suffered no negative repercussions. Actually, it made their core audience actually a lot more committed to the brand. So there's, there's certainly great ways that you can do that. And it doesn't always have to be about social issues, but um, those are a few examples that, uh, you know, that I think really kind of demonstrate the, both the, the bad and the good. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about um, using data to drive deeper insights and greater growth. Thanks for listening. See you next week. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please rate the show on iTunes or contact me through my website at theagile.world. You can find my books, The Agile Brand and The Agile Web on Amazon and on my website at theagile.world.